Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome on in, Eagles fans, to episode 22 of the No Huddle Show, our Philadelphia Eagles podcast right here on NJ.com. I'm Joe Giglio. With me, as always, Elliot Shore Parks and Mark Eckel. After what was another Eagles debacle, a 38-24 loss at home to the Redskins, which ended the season, now 6-9. and The postseason dreams are over. The season is over. There is one week to play. We'll get to that, and we'll get to the aftermath of whatever this season has been. Elliot, we'll start with you here. Saturday night, um, the game was in the Redskins' favor, and then the Eagles started to make a little bit of a comeback. Then Murray fumbles the football, and and really, just like so many other games, it just kind of spiraled out of control, and, and maybe that's just kind of the way the season has been, where you, you feel like it's not over, and then all of a sudden it's, it slams you and hits you that this thing is over. The thing, the thing I was thinking as I watched the game and when it was over was like, how do I always convince myself into picking this team to win? <laughs> like, like every week, uh, every week I watch them on Sunday and they look terrible. And I'm like, this team is not good. And then throughout the week, I convince myself, you know what I mean? And so this is what I wrote. This is what I wrote before the game. I put, this is the kind of game where having a franchise quarterback would come in handy. Like, obviously the Eagles don't have a franchise quarterback. So I don't know why I thought that. And I put the good news is the Eagles is that Sam Bradford has his best game of the season against the Redskins back in week three, throwing three touchdowns and no interceptions. For one game at home, I'll take Bradford over Kirk Cousins. Like what have we what ha, what have we seen over the past month that would make a like that would make me think that? And that that's the thing that I think when I think back to this Eagles season, what I'll what I'll remember most is on paper, they're easy to talk yourself into in a lot of ways. Like you see the talent on defense at certain positions. You think, oh, well, it's Chip Kelly's offense. They could score 30 at any point. You know, Sam Bradford, you know, he, he makes nice throws, I guess. But then when they, when they play, they just don't play like the team you think they're capable of being. And, you know, like last week they got blown up by the Cardinals and they get blown up by the Redskins. I mean, time and time again, this team has come up small against quality opponents and in big spots. But somehow I, I still think they're they're better than their record. And I don't know if that's because... I have a rational faith in Chip in terms of what I think this team could be. But I think that's, to me, the biggest thing that I took away from this Redskins game is just, you know, they're, they're, they're not a good team. Like, no matter what you think during the week, this Eagles team is not good, and they have, they have to make, you know, pretty major changes this offseason. It does feel that way. I mean, I think you're not the only one, Elliot. I mean, a lot of people have convinced themselves over the course of the season that they could win some games here, be better. I mean, it took Vegas 11 weeks to realize they shouldn't be favored every week. Right. Uh, Mark, when you looked at that game Saturday and, and you were there watching it, uh, did it, did one of those kind of realizations finally hit you too? I mean, not that you have been saying they're going to go to the Super Bowl or anything like that, but it, did it hit you too all of a sudden that, wow, this thing, they, they really are bad the way they've been all year. That they maybe some, yeah, They're a bad team. Yeah, and uh, Elliot... You know, let me teach you a couple things. All right. This is from a man named Bill Parcells, who knows a lot about more about football than any of us ever will. You are what your record says you are. You're not yeah. better. You're not worse. You are what your your Eagles are a six and nine team. That's what they are. How they beat New England, and that's I think that's what spoiled it for everybody. We all thought they were terrible when they when they lost three in a row to three bad teams. Really, three. I mean, if you look at it, Miami, Tampa Bay, and and Detroit are bad, and they got and they lost all three in a row to them. I don't think has Tampa won since then. I'm not sure they have. Maybe once, but they they were supposed to go on a. That looked like maybe Tampa would go on a run and maybe come yeah, close to the playoffs, they, but they haven't since. Then. And, they, and, I, and I don't think they've scored 45 points total. 
since they played and they scored 45 against them. So anyway. Certainly not in the game. Like, then against the Eagles. Oh, no, no, not, I mean, I mean all year since then. But anyway, um, so we thought they were bad. And we were right as we, when we start doing stories about next year already and who's coming back and who's gone and what we, the season was over four and seven with New England coming up next. And then they had to go block a punt, return a punt, get an interception, <laughs> have Bill Belichick do the stupidest things he's ever done until Sunday when he kicked off with the overtime. But, um, so I mean, we got fooled a little bit by them beating New England that, my God, if they can beat New England. And then, and I've bought into it too, thinking, you know, the reason I picked the Eagles beat the Redskins was I saw them beat a good team. I saw them beat New England. I saw them beat the Jets early in the year. I, the Redskins still haven't beaten anybody good because the Eagles aren't good. So I thought, okay, push comes to show, big game. Fight. The, Eagles, the Eagles have shown me that they can win a big game against a, a, a good team. The Redskins haven't shown me that. Well, the Eagles aren't Eagles, – the Redskins still haven't shown me that they could beat a good team, but the Eagles showed me that they're not a good team. And I don't think the talent's here, Elliot. I don't think there are good players on this. I think there's a couple good players on this team, maybe three. <laughs> I don't know. I mean – Tell me who's good besides Fletcher Cox. On defense? On, on, on offense, defense, anywhere. I mean, oh, I still think Nelson Aguilar is somebody – He could – I love yeah. Aguilar, but you can't tell me he's good right now. He had a terrible year. Yeah. All right. Well, Jordan Matthews, I think, is a good player. Okay. I he's think the guy. Yeah, all right. Well, I'm not saying these are Pro Bowl players, but I'm saying I think – Well, that's good. I mean, good. They're all good. They're in the NFL. I mean, good special players. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, that's what I was thinking when I was listening. Jason Peters used to be. Jason Peters stinks now. Stinks. Get them all – They don't have any – they don't have any playmakers on offense. They don't have anybody that when things go bad, you think this – get this guy the ball and they'll make a play. The closest guy they have is 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 the oldest guy and the smallest guy, Darren Sproles. Yep. And he's come on. He's he shouldn't be. Darren Sproles should not be your your top playmaker. He should be a a good accessory. Yeah, that, that this team that this no this team is not that there there are there are not enough good players on this team. But that being said, b- before the season, we both agreed this was a talented team. I mean, Mike Quick yeah. said this was Mike, Mike Quick. Uh, you know, said this might be the best group of receivers yep. that the franchise has ever had. And I believe them. So here's my question to you before we move on. Me and you and Joe, I think as well, have been, you know, saying that we think not, firing Chip is not the answer. Nah. That we think he's still a good head coach. But if before this season we all thought there was a ton of talent on this team, and now we're sitting here saying they're a six well, and nine team, they're not that talented. Does that reflect poorly on coaching, or is this simply we, we were wrong about the talent? I think it's a great question because we, we and more importantly, Chip and Ed Manowitz were wrong about the talent when they well, yeah, signed Michael Murray. I didn't think it was a necessary move, but I certainly didn't didn't rip it because the, the man gained the 1,800 yards last year. I thought, you're bringing in the NFL's leading rusher. I think he's – how could I not say DeMarco Murray's not a good player in August? Yeah. Then I saw him play, and I said, he's not that good. You know, but <laughs> in August, I thought he was good. I mean, I saw him – I saw he was good in Dallas. You know, I thought Jordan Matthews was going to get better. He, he kind of stayed the same. I thought Nelson Aguilar was a wonderful first-round pick who was going to come in and make an immediate impact and be in the and be in the, the discussion for rookie of the year. I really thought that. I was yeah. wrong. But I was wrong. They were wrong. They were more wrong because they did it. I just thought it, you know? I think right. everyone was wrong. I mean, I think back to uh, – I didn't the, think Jason Peters was going to fall off the, fall off the planet. I mean, he was a, the best left tackle in football for a lot of years. Now he can't play a game without getting hurt or taking himself out or getting beat by rookie Preston Smith for two sacks the other night, getting holding them and still giving up a sack. I didn't know Jason Peters had was, had, had hit the end. And it, it does happen. I didn't know Jason Kelsey was going to have a terrible year. So should Chip and Manowitz have known, though? That's their job, but right? Some, I mean, some they should, some they shouldn't. Yeah, so, right. But, but that's their job. They're the ones responsible for the roster. But I think everyone was fooled from you know experts to us to fans to – I mean, whatever. You go, I mean, NFL Network had DeMarco Murray ranked as the fourth best player in the NFL. He's the fourth best running back on the <laughs> roster right now. I mean, it's everyone was wrong about this team. And, yeah, I think Chip and Manowitz certainly should be held accountable for them. They are by everyone. I mean, if, uh, Aguilar, is a, if Aguilar is no better than he is now, if he never gets better, I don't think that's going to happen. But if he is just a average to below average wide receiver – well, that's on Chip and Manowitz. I mean, I'm just a sports writer that that watches and makes picks that I think are, I, I, you know, that's their their jobs are on the line if if they pick bad players. 
that's a big miss, especially when you sure. take especially when you take into account. I mean, I don't know if this, you know, Chip will say one didn't cause the other, but you know, you decide not to match for Macklin, and then you draft Aguilar. I'm not saying they picked Aguilar because they didn't have Macklin, but obviously their need a receiver grew. If you let Macklin glow and then you miss so badly on Aguilar, I mean that's you're fed. They don't, right. That's that's how you lose jobs. I mean that's that's right. how coaches get general managers get get fired. But I mean I don't think they could know when you have a Jason Peters. I'm, I'm, I don't want to just put everything on Jason Peters, but he's the he's kind of the poster child for this season. I mean here's a guy that and, and anybody who voted for him for the Pro Bowl should not be allowed to vote for Pro Bowl anymore. <laughs> Because he did not have a Pro Bowl year. He had a terrible year. It's a joke that he's in the Pro Bowl. It's a joke. It really. I mean, you know, Troy Vincent taught me this a long time ago that you never, you you always get robbed out of a Pro Bowl early in your career. Like the first good year you have, you don't go to Pro Bowl because nobody knows who you are yet. So you get, you kind of get jobbed out of the early, but then you get one at the end to make up for it. Well, this is the, Jason made up for it this year. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't have a big issue with him being in the Pro Bowl, to be honest. I don't, no, yeah. He probably won't even go, but. Right. Uh, but my thing is, I didn't see him falling apart. Like, I, don't, I don't think anybody could have predicted that Jason Peters, for you know, a, a borderline Hall of Fame left tackle and definitely a, a perennial Pro Bowl left tackle and one of the best left tackles in football, you might think, all right, he is getting older. He's going to slip a little. He might not be the best anymore. Maybe the kid in Dallas is better now. Maybe Trent Williams in Washington is better now. But he's still top five, right? I mean, come on. He's not... No, he fell to the bottom. He was, and and that, and that's just that was a side of the whole season. That other, you know, yeah. I think him going down brought up made that whole line. I mean, you were you knew the line was going to be different, and you knew the line was going to have some problems here and there. But you were counting on Kelsey and Peters and Lane Johnson to be your rocks. All right, we got three. We got a Pro Bowl center. We got a great left tackle. We got a pretty good right tackle who's going to keep getting better. All right, the guards, if they can just be okay, we'll be fine. Well. The center wasn't good. The left tackle wasn't good. The guards were what they were. There you go. You know it, 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 that. I think the line is was as much a problem for the offense as Murray, Bradford, and the, and the receivers. But it's all they all were. Right. Yeah. Like you call Peters the anchor when the anchor you know fell apart. The bottom fell yeah. out of this team and the offense, and they struggled all year long. And they're six and nine for a reason. And and fans want answers now. Fans want answers about what went wrong this season and how they're going to fix it. And um, I think, you know, as this season comes to an end, we'll get into this last game and, and how they'll play it and how they should play it and if it means anything at all in a few London. minutes. London's on the line. Yes, <laughs> London is on the line. We're in destination. That's right, to play the Rams next year. Uh, but as far as after the game, this, you know, we haven't heard from Jeff Lurie all season. And, I mean, look, Chip Kelly talks every week. People get upset every week. That's his job. He has to talk. Lurie's been in the background, hasn't spoken since the owners' meetings. Do you guys expect him to talk next week after this? And, and, and really answer questions about the decisions he made with Chip and how it, it flopped this year. Because of all of us that read this wrong, I'm sure he feels the same way because he read that giving Chip the power would make them better. And, Elliot, that, that didn't work, at least for this year. Right. I mean, here's the thing about, about Lurie talking. Like, I, I think earlier this season, when they lost the three straight games and then they came back and won one, I think then would have been a good time. And I think Mark wrote this or we talked about it. Um then would have been a good time for him to come out and say, look, I'm not firing Chip. Chip is the support. You know, when, when there was all that talk about Chip potentially getting fired. I think now that's died down a little bit. I think people realize Chip isn't going anywhere. Um, that being said, whatever Laurie says after this game next week against the Giants, and it's possible he'll talk because remember last year after he they has, lost. He has yeah, in the past. Right. And last year he spoke in MetLife. That was, you know, right. he spoke. And he said Harry Roseman's going to be the general manager. Well, we all know how that played out. So, I mean, really, like. Yeah, maybe he'll talk and, you know, he'll say he supports Chip and he'll say, you know, he'll say he wants Bradford back and he'll say, you know, he doesn't know if the team needs, team needs help in the personnel department, but he's going to do what he's going to do. So it is important to hear Laurie talk. Yeah, I guess I, I guess maybe fans that would make fans happy. That being said, we're really going to find out what Laurie thinks over this next month, because last year, you know, the changes from Howie happened pretty quickly. After the season, I think they happened within a few. Yeah, New Year's Eve, and then a few days after that. New Year, like, well, New Year's Eve was when Tom Gamble got fired, right? And, and then, then three after, days later, Howie was out. Said whatever he right. said, and then he got all the power. So it'll be interesting to see what, if anything, happens. I mean, I don't think I. You know, I, Chip isn't going anywhere. I don't think Ed Manwitz is going anywhere. It'll be interesting to see if Lori decides to bring in a veteran, right. a veteran personnel guy. But in terms of what he says, yeah, he'll probably talk. But 
as we, you know, like I said, as we all learned last year, what he says and what he does. Well, he's he has said other things though. Lurie sometimes will say he's the one that made it clear. I don't know, was it last year or the year, but when he he kind of dissed Nick Foles a little bit, if you remember, right? Last year, you know, it had to be last year, right? When he said he was talking about you, you have to have a great quarterback, and um, we didn't go, we didn't go from Peyton to Andrew Luck was his quote, if if I remember. Right. So that made it clear then that, which we knew anyway, but that, hey, quarter Foles isn't the guy, at least in, in the owner's mind. So he, don't be surprised if he doesn't. I mean, he may not say, I want Sam Bradford back. He may say something. He, he, he'll, he'll never say, I don't want Sam Bradford back. But he may say something like, you know, you have to have a franchise quarterback and they're hard to find or something. Who knows? He'll say, he says things. You have to listen real close, but he says things. Uh, let me well, ask you guys this on, on Lurie. You know, obviously, if he talks after the game at the Giants this week at MetLife, there's a structure to those things. He's going to talk for a little while. Each of you may ask a question, but there's always kind of a structure, and it's limited what could go on and what could really be asked because it's just a scrum. If each of you had a chance to ask him one question, like on a, on a one-on-one, that you knew he would answer, what would you ask him? For me, I think I'd ask him, did you, when you put Chip and you talked about going from good to great, did you think it was a one-year deal, like it would happen right now, or did you think this would take a few years to go from good to great? That's what I would want to know, if, what, kind of what he thought when he put Chip in charge. How about each of you? If, if you could ask him one thing, what would you ask Jeff Lurie? I think mine would be, how hard is it to watch Mariota in Tennessee? <laughs> I think that would probably be the first one. No, I mean, I, I guess my honest opinion, my honest my honest question but he would answer anything honestly would be something like did chip threaten to go back to college last year or, or you know like how how sure are you chips committed to this now may, may he might not know the answer to that completely but i do think that's important an important component to this and then you know that answer is did chip force his hand last season by maybe threatening to leave and all that but i think chips in it for the long haul i do but i'll just be interested to know if laurie at his heart feels that way as well Mark, how about you on that? If you could sit down with Lurie yes, or you had yes, a couple yes, minutes with him alone. There's a lot of things I'd like to ask him, but they have nothing to do with the Eagles or football. But, <laughs> uh, so from a football standpoint, I, here's mine. I would ask him, why was Tom Gamble fired? Why did you fire a guy that had 30 years of football experience in a front office? That's their – Elliot wrote the other – that's their biggest need. That's They need a per- – and Chip loved them. I mean, there was no that, – that was the whole – you got rid of both of your guys. You got rid of all right, you got rid of Gamble for whatever reason. We were never told why he was fired, and then you moved Howie out too. So you took both of them away. Like they, like two, like it's like two kids got into a fight in school and they both got expelled. Right. So they were both. You're telling me, to, but then you didn't replace either one of them really. I mean, you you promoted Manowitz, but he was there anyway. So uh, that, that that would be my question. Like, what happened in the front office? What? Why did you let this guy go? And get and move Howie out, and not repl- and and let you know Chip and a bunch of inexperienced people run the show now. And that's kind of like when when you when you talk about I, and guess what I am going to ask that <laughs> when 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 you talk about Chip the general manager and people say you know should he have power still you know is he capable of doing this? The one thing I will say is and again I think highly of Chip, so this could be clouding my judgment, but I think I think Chip is a smart guy. You know, I, I like, and he, this is his first year doing this. You know, he he's been a head coach his whole life, but in terms of being a general manager and running the personnel department, this was his first crack at it. And obviously, you know, some moves worked out, some didn't. But I think safe to say, overall, it didn't go great, right? But I think with time, and I think when he gets another go around, I'll be interested to see how he handles this off season in terms of the contracts he hands out, what he does with Bradford, that type of thing. And see if he did learn from his mistakes from last season. And I do think Chip is the kind of guy that does learn from his mistakes. I could be wrong, but I just I don't think it's re- I don't think I'm ready. I'm not ready to say Chip is incapable of being a solid personnel guy. He needs help, though, right? Yeah, he need, I, yeah. And I also think he I think he would welcome help more than other people. Yes, I I, I think there's this perception that he doesn't like if if like you know I can't even another example. Let's say a guy like Tom Gamble was brought back in. I don't think that this would be like a ugly situation. I think Chip would welcome a veteran. Who I mean, hired, if you're man, if you're Manowitz, maybe that's bad. But like, who hired Tom Gamble? 
Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly, right. right. There, that perception is out there. There is a perception that, that Chip Kelly is stubborn, that he's egotistical, no. that all, all these type of things that he wants to do this true. all by himself. That, but you're right, it exists. It's false. It's false. I think, I think, honestly, I think he listens to Pat Shermer too much. I mean, I think, like, this is a situation where he does. I mean, look at the he trust was, he gave Lee Davis. <laughs> you know? I mean, we'll I get think, to him. Yeah. I think you're right. Elliot, I couldn't agree more. From people that I, and, and again, none of us, Chip won't let any of us get to know him very well. He just doesn't, and that's his, that's his prerogative. But I've, I've gotten to know some people who do know him better than, than, or, you know, than we do, but, than the media does or, or, or the fans do. And those people swear to me, and they both – these guys have worked with him. They've known him since he was young. He's, he's the opposite of what people think. He, like you said, he listens, to too, he listens too much maybe. Instead of just doing what he wants to do, he'll listen to a Shermer or, or Billy – or a man of it, or who, like he, he trusts the people around him. He takes, he does listen to their opinions. Right. right. I mean, more so than a lot of guys. Andy Reid didn't. People say Andy Reid. I mean, getting back to Kirk Cousins, for, for, for he, Kirk Cousins would, if it wasn't for Andy Reid, Kirk Cousins would be the Eagles quarterback now. Not, not the guy, everybody the, that, that draft, everybody on the Eagles wanted Kirk Cousins. Howie Roseman and his scouting department agreed that they ranked a quarter they were going to take a quarterback in the third round. That was the plan. They had Russell Wilson one, Kirk Cousins two, Nick Foles three. Wilson's gone. They were going to take Cousins. That was done. Until Andy pounded his fist, said, No, Marty and I like Foles, we're taking him. And they said, Well, you're the boss. And see now, that that's I'm not saying Foles is who's better. I'm just saying there's a guy that didn't listen. And that's why I think, like, when you look at who's around Chip, right, like, the, the three three or four most important people around Chip right now in that organization besides Lurie, Pat Shermer, Billy Davis, Ed Manowitz, and Sam Bradford, right? Like, of those four people, who do you have confidence in? Like, who do you say, all right, that's, like, a sharp, good, good, like, that's, like, I'm happy he's around Chip. And that's one thing I've kind of thought more and more has gone on. Like, Pat Shermer, you know, nice guy, but... Terrible head coach and a career loser. Billy Davis has never produced a good defense. And, I mean, I, I don't know if he was a defensive coordinator when the Cardinals went to the Super Bowl. But oh, I know he was on the staff. Oh, he oh, of course he was Yeah, he wasn't. Right. All right. So, but the, he, yeah, he's he never was, had that kind of success. Oh. Right. Yeah. So, all right. My point. Another guy with no success, right? Ed Manowitz, maybe. He as a quarterback coach, at least. Yeah, that's true. But Manowitz, Manowitz, young guy. Has not had success in the NFL yet as a as a personnel guy, and his first season as whatever his whatever power you think he has did not go very well. And Sam Bradford's a career loser too. So you those four people that are around Chip, and you think like maybe he maybe like you know everyone jokes maybe Pat Shermer doesn't do anything, but maybe they need to get rid of Pat Shermer and Billy Davis and bring in some fresh new talent around Chip because I do think he listens to these people more than people give him give him credit for. And so to that degree, it's not surprising this team went six and nine. When you think about the key players besides Chip. It's basically the three stooges at N Manowitz, the way you just described it. I mean, he's got <laughs> he's got quite a brain trust over there that he's working with. And, yeah, and Manowitz is only is a Shemp. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And Manowitz maybe will be good, but he's no, I think Manowitz, I think Manowitz is gonna Manowitz is, is like your rookie first round pick. But the problem is, that is a rookie to, at it, too. Exactly. And that's right. You can't get a rookie to be your star. <laughs> right, exactly. Ask, Ask Aguilar. <laughs> Manowitz is a, like you, you're calling like the other guys that never had success or lose. Well, Manowitz was at Alabama where, who had a ton of success. He, well, he has national titles. I mean, so yeah, he, yeah. Knows, he knows how, what it takes to win. Just not a, it's a different – at Alabama, you just go out and recruit 100 guys. If 50 of them are good, you hit on half of them, and you got a great team. Right, and the NFL is not doesn't work quite that way. If you re, you can't bring in a hundred guys, you, you know you bring in whatever you can, and if you and if you miss on a lot, you can't make up for the misses as easily because you don't have that volume. So right. that's, that's that's the problem there. I mean, and again, everything I've I've heard about Manowitz, the, the the small amount of time you know we've spent with him, he, he seems like he's bright. He works hard. He has all the tools to become a very good personnel guy. Problem is. He has to be it now. This, this isn't with Eagles. Eagles put him in a position where he doesn't have time to be good. He's got to be good yesterday. Right, he they does. Who was good yesterday? And he, and he let him go. Now he does, and he needs to help this team move forward here. And uh, Mark, you mentioned there, 
you, you, every team has holes. Like you can't have you know ninety three scholarship players. You can't have fifty three special players. Every team has holes. Every team needs to kind of make up for and the salary cap too. Right, the salary. I mean, it's not easy to put a great roster together. So you have to kind of make up for things, and that's where coaching comes in. Now. Elliot, you said a few minutes ago, we all agree Chip's not going anywhere, and I think all three of us agree he shouldn't go anywhere right now. But that doesn't mean the staff's going to be together. Elliot, you were mentioning Shermer and these other guys. Let's go to Billy Davis here, because there is a feeling out there that he might be the fall guy. That I mean, his defense, three years in a row now, the numbers are just egregious. They could go over 6,000 yards allowed in three straight years. I mean, four games this year, over 38 points. They get The second half of the year has been embarrassing defensively. Do you think... I mean, by the time we talk next week, whether it be Monday morning, afternoon, or next Tuesday after week 17, Black Monday may have come and gone already. So that's when a lot of these firings happen. Do you believe Billy Davis or any of the coaches around Chip are going to be on the chopping block here? Is there going to be a sacrificial lamb to the fans just to say, here, we did this? What what do you think about that, Elliot? That's a, you know, you would think it would be an easy question because, as I said, he's, Billy Davis for, and he is really good at answering questions and with the media. So, I mean, sometimes I look at him and I think this guy could be a head coach, which is, which is silly, but he's got that type of personality. But the facts are his de- I mean, you've pointed to this tons of times, Joe, like he's never had, I think a defense finish in the top 15 throughout his career. That's not going to happen this year before the season. I thought the defense would be really good and they haven't. And I do think a lot of that falls on Billy Davis. And I think when you, when you ask the players like Malcolm Jenkins and Connor Barwin, they won't outright say it, but Malcolm Jenkins will, will get pretty close to saying they were outcoached. So I do think Billy Davis is a big problem. It is, is an issue. I do think there's no denying he's not earned the right to keep his job. That being said, I'm not as sure as other people that he's going to be fired. I think Chip is loyal to the people that to the people Chip likes. I think he, he's very loyal. He stood behind Billy. This, you know, I, granted, he's not going to say anything when he's still employed. But I mean, I think, I think there's like a seventy percent chance Billy Davis is fired. And I know people want to hear that's a hundred, but I just, I don't think it's a hundred percent. I think it's like seventy percent that he's gone. I'm with you. I, I, I would go a little higher, maybe seventy-five, just to make it three quarters. Um, I think, and, and again, like you said. Billy, I mean, I've been around a lot of coaches in 30 years covering a team, and, and very few of them would I have a problem saying, yeah, they just fire that guy. He's terrible. And get rid of him. Billy's a hard guy to say that about because of, like you said, Ali, the way he he I, I, he could run for president. I'd vote right. for him. He's engaging. Yeah, he's engaging to listen to. I'd vote for him over any of the candidates running right now on, on either. Because he's so good. And he would convince me that he's the right guy to vote for. <laughs> And I, I know, and I know, fans fans probably don't want to hear that, and they'll say, "Oh, well, who cares?" Blah blah. blah. But the reality is, in every walk of life, if you're a likable guy and you're engaging and you're yes. good, you you stay and you succeed, and you well, not succeed, you stay and you you know you get jobs and stuff like that. And I do think that Chip likes Billy, and I think that he does think Billy probably is doing a good job, and I think he probably thinks it's personnel. But the reality is, the tracker. No, I think Billy. I think Chip is just like I am, and that. Every Tuesday, I go into Billy Davis's press conference saying, I'm going to kill this guy. He, that, that defense was terrible. So I got questions for him. I'm going to rip him. And then he gives you all the right answers. He gives you, and he, and he takes them. Yeah, you know what? I, I messed up. I, I made the wrong call. And don't blame me. It wasn't that, that wasn't Kiko's fault. I, I did this and I did. And then you can't rip him because he ripped himself. And then you say, damn. <laughs> <And> I think <laughs> that's the same thing. I tip says every Monday, Chip says, God damn it, Billy. I'm going to, I'm going to go in there. Well, I mean, I the, and then Billy says, well, Chip, yeah, and Chip says, yeah, all right, Billy, you're, and he walks away saying, man, what a good guy Billy is. <laughs> and that's why I think that's why I think he would actually make a decent head coach just because if, if he, he had, had good coordinators good around him. But, like, <laughs> he has to have a real good defensive coordinator. Yeah, which he's not, and that's at the end of the day. <laughs> that's his job. <laughs> yeah, and at the end of the day, you're right. So I think you got to get rid of him, right? He, I mean. I wonder if they would, – would he take a reassignment? Would he just hang around the building and answer questions for people? Yeah. (laughs) Eagles need new PR, man. Yeah, right. Uh, All right. Well, the question is, would you fire him? Yes. Yeah, I'd fire him. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think so, too. As nice as he is. I mean, I just think you got to move on. It's just somebody's got to go, right? I mean, you can't bring back. And this will. It's a hard sell if to bring this to bring everybody. It's a hard sell to say, yeah, we went six and nine. We got blown out every other week. 
but we're not. We're, but we're going to be okay. We're not going to. We're right, just right. going to draft some guys. And, and we'll, that, and that kind of leads. I mean, I don't know if this is what we're going to talk about next, but this is, I think, an interesting question I've heard a lot. Like, the Eagles made big changes last off season, right? Just in terms mm-hmm. of like, I mean, basically everywhere in mm-hmm. front office on the field. And so there's had some. I've heard people say, "Well, you can't make big changes again because you just made big changes." But I, I just don't. I don't subscribe to that. I think if you know, you can't keep putting money on like bad money on bad money. If this team is a six and nine team and they have holes everywhere, I think this team does need major changes. And you're better off making those changes now than thinking, you know, that this team has the potential to be good and hoping and bring the same people back in the front office or, you know, among the coaching staff and the players, and then just bite the bullet and make the changes, because I think they need to be done. And, you know, we'll talk about it a little later, but, you know, I think quarterback is, is where you start. But Yeah, I agree with the, the premise you're making, Elliot. There. I mean, I, I think people love the idea of continuity, because good teams like the Patriots and the Steelers and the Giants, for the most part, you know, they, they have the, the Packers. But, yeah, but they have uh, good players. Right, ex- that's exactly <laughs> it. You can't have continuity continuity for continuity's sake is dumb like if you have a bad player and or a bad coach or whatever and you say well we're going to stick with this because that's continuity and they stink you're not going to have better results you're just going to have the same results right yeah and that and that's the the argument you hear with bradford a lot is well bring them back because you know what are you going to change quarterbacks again or you know you know give them another year in the system who knows maybe he'll be better but the reality is Bradford is what he is at this point. He's an average quarterback. Like, if he was under contract next year already, I don't think the Eagles yes. should cut him. Like, I wouldn't say you got to move on no matter what. But the I'm reality is... Right. But the reality is you're going to have to pay him, I think, a lot of money. I mean, I know me and Mark disagree with this to a certain degree as to how much he'll make. But I think, I think he's going to re- demand a lot of money. So then the question is, do you bring him back just to bring him back? Because, you know, he's had a year and blah, blah. Or do you move on because... The track records – this is another interesting thing. People are like, Billy Davis has to go. He's terrible. Well, Billy Davis has – I mean, Sam Bradford and Billy Davis in a lot of ways is the same guy in the way that neither of them have had success at their job in the past six seasons, and they both keep getting jobs. So I don't really see – people are like, Billy Davis has to go. He has to go. But then they're with Bradford. They're like, well, you know, he, he, he did complete some third downs. You know, so it's the like, same thing. It's kind of like Billy Davis says, you know, an interesting or uh, you know something in a press conference that makes you say, "Oh yeah," and it's like when Bradford throws that one really nice pass a game, where it's like, right. "Oh, there it is, there it is." Finally, finally, right? Like no. the reality, Bradford is what he is. He's an eighteen to twenty-two quarterback, and I don't think you don't win. I know you don't win. You don't win well, by yeah. giving those guys big deals. I watch. I watched the, the, the end of the Dolphins Colts game Sunday because it was on. It was the. The red zone. I don't know where I was watching it, but the, was that on TV? I don't know. But I was watching Dolphins Colts. Don't ask me why. It was a close game. the The Dolphins were driving to, to win the game. They got they have a first and goal at the whatever the eight yard line, six yard line, wherever they were, and they didn't score and they didn't win. And, <laughs> and Ryan, Sam Bradford, and Ryan Tannenhill are the same guy. First round picks who have played enough. Decent, a game here, a, a third down. Like he's had a third down completion there. But at the bottom, the bottom line is Ryan Tannehill, another year, no playoffs, losing record, and the Dolphins are stuck with him forever because they gave him a ridiculous contract. And, and guess what, Miami, you're never going to win with Ryan Tannehill. He's proven he can't win. Right, and this is this is my Ryan, thing. Like, are you going to do you want to be the Miami Dolphins of the NFC? And give Sam Bradford a Ryan Tannehill contract. That's probably the kind of contract he's going to ask for, right? If you're yeah. Bradford's agent, you're going to say, well, he's as good as Tannehill, so let's give him the same deal. You can't, and if I'm the Eagles, I say, get out of here. I don't want to be the Dolphins. Hmm. And this, is, this, this is where I think my opinion, like, all right, so I'm like the Colin Kaepernick guy. Everyone thinks I love Colin Kaepernick. Or, so, but my, my point on Kaepernick is not that he's an elite quarterback. My point on him is not – that are RG three. That these guys are like elite quarterbacks. My point is, they you can get success. these guys a lot cheaper than you're going to get Bradford. So if you're going to have success. an average quarterback or average to below average, you might as well have a cheaper one. With at least everyone talks about Bradford's upside. Well, Kaepernick and RG three have way better upside than Bradford does. They've won in the NFL. And yeah, it was only once. Everyone goes, well, it was only one season with RG three. Well, it's one more season. Think of all the quarterbacks in the NFC East that have. One division titles besides Bradford. RG3, Kirk Cousins, Romo, Eli. I mean, like, teams back uh, Mark Sanchez. Like, backups have won division titles that Bradford hasn't done yet. He doesn't win anything. He, he won a division title. AFC, an AFC. Yeah. All right, well, okay. The still, 
I mean, my point is, there's like six or seven quarterbacks in the NFC East that have won division titles, and the Eagles, the Bradford's not one of them. Yeah. So, like, do I think Kaepernick and RG3 make the Eagles 12-4? and four? No, but I think they're cheaper, and they have a higher upside, and ultimately that's what it comes down to. I mean, Bradford, Kaepernick, RG3, they're all kind of the same guy in a lot of ways, but Bradford's going to cost you $45 million. And as you just point out, Mark, where is where does that get teams that give huge deals to average quarterbacks? Nowhere. Right. The, the philosophy oh. it goes back to the philosophy before the season in bringing Bradford here to begin with. It was right. Well, this guy has the potential still to be great. And look, I don't think Bradford. Oh I don't six think years any, in. <laughs> right. I don't think any of us think he's a bad quarterback. But having, after a year of watching him, I wonder if Chip Kelly still believes that, like that he still has the potential to be great. I'll say this: he's, I'm not sure he he's ever closer been. to being a bad quarterback than he is a great one. Oh, absolutely. Way closer. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, again, and I know he was hurt for part of it, but he's been in the NFL six years now. part of the deal being hurt, just like they right. said about RG3. That's a, people have to defend Bradford by saying Kaepernick and RG3 get hurt. What? He's <laughs> <laughs> never played a whole season. Once he played a whole season. I mean, seriously, I, I, I would like to look this up. I, er, this, was per, this is perfect. I'll, I'll pick your brain on it, Mark. And, Joe, I don't know if you would know, but. Has there ever been a quarterback that didn't make the playoffs the first six years of his career that went on to win the Super Bowl? No, win it? I would say no. Rich Gannon got there. Rich Gannon is the, is the poster child for, see, you can get better because he was a bum. He bounced around. He went to team to team. He landed with John Gruden and got Yeah, good. but that was like 14 years into his career, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. He's, but he, yeah, he's the only one I could think of that even got good at. By six years, you know if a quarter, what, what a quarterback is. You really do. I mean – right. And Bradford, if this was Bradford's second year, I'd say, oh, okay, you, you got something here maybe. He's getting better. We'll see. No, you, quarterbacks don't – players in general don't get better, but especially quarterbacks, you don't make your big leap from year six to seven. That's not what happens. And, and this is so – and like, sorry, so against the Redskins, right, I agree with people that he was hurt by drops, that Aguilar touchdown drop was really bad, right? It was the right. only first. Yes, and he, was, dirt, right, yeah. and he missed dirts, right. I, I don't disagree with people that there, he has not had help from the talent around him. And on a small scale, when you look at just select games, I agree with him on that. But I still think when you look at the larger problem with this team, the biggest issue they have is they don't have a quarterback. Because And maybe I put too much emphasis on this. No, you don't. You can't put too much emphasis on quarterback. Right. In the NFL, you don't win if you don't have a good, a good quarterback, unless you have like a once-in-a-lifetime defense. And the Eagles, it, it speaks for itself. They're 6-9, and nine, and Bradford, I don't know what his career record is now, but I'm sure it's still 15 games under 500 because it was roughly that when he came on. It's worse 20, now, actually. 24-37-1. and one. Oh, yeah. there you go. What's yeah, Ryan give that guy Can you look up Ryan Tannehill real fast, Joe? I'm on it. He's probably close. It's probably right the same, right? Right. So that, so that, and that, but that being said, what, what I think of Bradford, what Joe thinks of Bradford, what, what you think of Bradford, Mark, doesn't really matter at the end. Of the, I mean, it matters, but like, yeah. I do think Chip likes him. I, I mean, what do you think? I think the way he. I don't know. I don't know. I still, yeah. Yeah, I think he, you know, he doesn't hate him, but. I mean, he said, we're, we're recording this Monday morning. He said on 94 WIP Monday morning, they'll do what, they'll do everything they can to keep him. And Nick Foles was going to be here for a thousand years. Yeah, no, that's true. And did they do everything they could to keep Jeremy Macklin? Like, is there a number? And if the Texans or somebody like the Texans comes out and just says, you know, here you go, Bradford, we need a quarterback. We're here. What the hell? Here, take sixty million. See, I kind of disagree with that. Like, if you don't think he's good enough to give forty million, then why do you give him twenty? You know, what if, I mean? if you don't think he's the guy, then he's not. He shouldn't right. be the guy, right? Then they just draft a guy, start start Sanchez until that guy's ready, and you know what I mean. Like, let's hope he's I mean, ready soon. <laughs> All right. Well, the Eagles. But this is my thing. Everyone's like, "Oh, you know, God forbid Sanchez starts, they'd be terrible." Well, they're six and nine. So, yeah. like, <laughs> how much worse would they have been this year? Yeah, that's my point. What do they lose? Two Five more games instead of six and nine. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Mark so, Tannehill. Tannehill is twenty-eight and thirty-five. That's actually better than Bradford. A little bit. A little bit. A bit. Still a losing record. Though. Basically the same. Thing. The same, but they're, but they're kind of the same guy. Yeah. And Tannehill's younger and doesn't get hurt, though. I'd rather give Tannehill $40 million than Bradford. Well, he has no excuse then. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, I don't – I mean, again, that's the changes on top of changes. Like, do you get yeah. do you get a new quarterback just to get one? I mean, I think so, kind of. Yes. But. The, only, the only question is going into his fourth year with the hot – I mean, the, the seat will be hot next year, whether or not – we like him or not, the seat will be hot on Kelly. It's not going to be that hot if he signed a three – if he signs a deal where they can't get rid of him for three years. What are you talking about? Kelly, you mean. Oh, Kelly, no, no, I'm sorry. That, that, that's what I mean. Right. I'm taking it from Kelly's perspective on right. 
I wonder if the situation changes his mind, you know, away from his normal philosophy. Like, his philosophy should be to go out and find a great quarterback, but is he afraid that he has to win next year and maybe Bradford, just because of the familiarity with the offense well, and his second year, maybe he gives a better chance next year. I know where year. you're going here. If I'm Chip Kelly and my job's on the line, I'm going to back. I'm bringing Sam. I got Sam Bradford in the foxhole with me. <laughs> right. That's what I, I mean. Blow me up now. <laughs> What's his record again? Say his record again. 24, 37, and 1. And that's who you want in the Fox. <laughs> well, at least I don't have to teach a new quarterback the I offense. I'd rather teach. I mean, I get it. I get, I get your point, Mark. He's, he, if he's not a winner and you're going to go to try to win with him, I, I see where you're going with it. Not, I, I don't, if I have to win that, I'm telling you right now, Elliot, I think you said this to me Sunday morning when we talked or something. If, the, if Sam Bradford is the opening day quarterback for the Eagles, 2016. I'm not picking him to win, make the playoffs. I think that's you said the same thing, right? No, I'm definitely not. Me either. I don't I, care what he does I, in the preseason. I'm, I'm not falling racer. for it again. I'm a horse racing guy. I love going to the track. And I read the, I read my past performance. I, I, I handicap. And if I look at a horse that's never – I don't bet horses that, that have never won. If, if I'm looking at a race <laughs> and I see this – all right, he's ran seven races. He's never come in first, never came in – you know, this is the best he's ever done. And then I got another horse that, oh, this guy won a big race here back then. I'm, I'm not betting the Bradford horse. I'm just not. Blow I'll me a, up. I'll take a horse racing for the first time, like Paxton Link, and say, hey, he's been working out well. He had a good career back here. But, okay, maybe this, go, maybe this horse is ready to run. Bradford's a, the old gray mare ain't what he used to be. He's done. <laughs> he's, blow, he, blow me up now should be the slogan. I might put him at the bottom of a trifecta. Third one. I don't uh, blow me Bradford up. Blow me up now. That, that, that yeah, blow me good. up now. The Sam Bradford era. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me guys ask you one hypothetical on Bradford, then we'll move on. Uh, uh, and really, what your thoughts on this Week 17 game in terms of how they should play it and what oh, they I will do. Um, and if they lose, they get to go to London next year, which maybe maybe you guys should root for them to lose. You get to go yeah, to, really? to London. If Sam Bradford cost me a chance at London, I swear on my life. That's it. That's it. <laughs> All right, the hypothetical I mean, I, on the. I like Seattle myself. Yeah. Hypothetical on the quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, we talked earlier about you know Nick Foles and uh, and Bradford here now, and, and the quarterbacks the Eagles have had. If if Foles was still here, same situation with the offensive line, the running game issues, um, the receivers, you know, and their talent level, whatever that is for the Eagles, would Foles have had a better year than Bradford, or would he have had about the same, or would he have been worse? Mark, well, not better. He wouldn't be better. I think as much as I put Sam Bradford. And I don't mean to put him down. I think he's a like I wrote last week. He's a good quarterback. He's just not good enough. I think he's better than than Foles. I think Foles this year behind that line with the receivers. He, I mean, he got benched in St. Louis for Case Keenum, and, and the Rams played better when Keenum got got in there. So no, I, they wouldn't be any better. They would not be any better. The same, maybe, probably a game or two worse. He wouldn't have beat that. Foles would not have won that game in overtime against Dallas. Well, all right. Let, let me let ask, me you, ask this. you this. Everyone likes to say, say "Well, break, give Sam Bradford another year." Give, and I know you're not saying that, but people like to say, "Give another year in the system, see what happens." You know, continuity, blah blah. Like, why couldn't that same argument be made for Foles? Like a, a third year in the offense, right? I think Bradford has more quarterback talent than Nick Foles, and I think Kip Kelly agrees with that. That's why he made the move. I, I agree. I agree with that too. But to Joe's question. Like, do I think if Nick Foles played 15 games this year, he could throw 17 touchdowns? Yeah, I do. Do I think he would throw 13 interceptions like Bradford? Yeah, I do. Do I think I said, Eagles? I, I didn't say I didn't. I didn't say they wouldn't win any games before. I think it'd be close. I mean, right? I don't but know. It's just funny how everyone and how everyone's like, you know. And I agree. And you say, you know, Nick Foles is not a good quarterback. Yeah, he's not, he's right? Not. He's a good but, but then other people, you know, like is is he is Sam Bradford that much better? No, not that much, but better. Right. Uh, so I think I think the Eagles would maybe be one game worse, but I, I you could also easily convince me the Eagles be a, would be a game better. I mean, because I mean, for, you know, say what you will about him, whatever. It was a fluke. I don't know. He was his record as the Eagles quarterback was. Yeah, it was good. It was it good. Was, yeah, All right. Good. I mean, whatever you could say about it, the reality is, it, he he won more games probably with the Eagles. He probably won as many games with the Eagles in a year and a half than Bradford has. In his almost entire career, or close to it, right? No, no Foles had that. He had that fifteen minutes. I mean, he he made the most of it, but he's not good anymore. I don't know. I don't know what exactly happened. Yeah, and Bradford's fifteen minutes were he never had it. No, Bradford, seven years ago in college. Oh, the Orange Bowl. Yeah. 
All right, let's right. throw let's throw the Bradford supporters a bony. I'll ask you the opposite question. If Bradford had had the weapons that that you know Foles did during his year, during his fifteen minutes of fame, his twenty seven two year, which means McCoy at running back, that kind of running game, uh, and obviously Deshaun Jackson uh, at the wide receiver position. So, so if he had that well, kind more of and the of, same five good offensive linemen. Right. If he had that kind of situation that Foles ex- excelled in, do you think Bradford would excel? He'd be MVP to the league, and the Eagles would be going to the Super Bowl. Okay, does that help the Sam's Club? <laughs> I, I thought you were being can serious. I, can I go to Sam's Club now? No, I don't think he would have the same success Foles did because Foles just played out of his mind. Like, like it, it, Foles had good talent around him, absolutely, and it absolutely helped him. But Foles also played really well for those eight games. It's not like... You know, he played badly and lucked out. He threw out. some I mean, balls up there that, that Deshaun just went and got. Yeah, he did. There, there was, But my point is, what did he go, 28 touchdowns and two interceptions or something like that? I mean, I don't think Sam Bradford And he ever left the field with the lead in the playoff game. Don't forget, don't forget that, guys. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah, and Sam Bradford got flipping smoked by Kirk Cousins in a playoff game at home. So, <laughs> But I, I, I don't think Sam Bradford could have done what Foles did because Foles played really well. Foles played at a level that him and Bradford will never reach again. Right. So that's probably true. So I, I, I mean, I guess anything is possible, but no, I would never, I would never in my right mind pick Sam Bradford to go 28 touchdowns and two interceptions and make the playoffs. Right. And I don't think anybody would ever pick that. No. So no, no I, I don't. Those numbers are crazy. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. That's my point. So I don't think, he, I don't think, yeah, crazy. I don't think Bradford would have had that success. Not those, but no, I, don't, I didn't think you meant, I didn't think, I didn't think you meant those numbers. I think, I thought Joe meant, would they, would they have won the NFC East? Oh, all right. Well, did you mean? No, I meant I meant it more in more in the more in the statistics, more in the oh. numbers. Oh God, no! I'm sorry, I missed. <laughs> no, 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 nobody. That that was a that was a. Um, I, I I still can't believe I saw that. Right. But yeah, I'm I'm looking at Foles' numbers right now in front of me. I mean, you talk about something that stands out like a sore thumb. I mean, this is a guy that. I mean, every other year of his career, yeah. the numbers are the same. They're just, you know, he is what he is. And then that one and year. And go back to high school and college with him. He was, there's a reason he was a bottom of the third round. His, his jersey's in the Hall of Fame next to Peyton Manning's. Think about that. <laughs> I mean, really, that's, it looks like I'm looking at a backup quarterback, a bad quarterback, yeah. and then all of a sudden Peyton Manning's stat line just, you know, <laughs> climbs in here by accident. But the diff, the funny thing is, his father, Bradford somebody, is very similar, his but he never had that success. <laughs> No, he never did have that success. All right, guys, week 17 coming up, a meaningless game. The Eagles went and played it last year. Uh, they wanted to win. Chip already has said, you know, it's a game. They're going to go try to win for what it's worth. Tom Coughlin, in what will might be his last game as Giants coach, is going to want to win the game as well. Uh, last year, they were able to move down a couple spots in the draft. Who knows how much that hurt them with the you know trade-up for Mariota or whatnot. You expect Chip, I think we all expect Chip to play it, you know, fully. Do you he think he should? should? Do you think he should or it doesn't matter? Well, the reality is they could play as hard as they want and still lose. So that's, that's the, true. That's the, We've seen that. <laughs> yeah. But I know. I think, and Mark wrote this Monday morning. I wrote it Monday morning. Mark pointed out the guys that should play more. But I think, you know, Chip wanted full control of the personnel department. Well, this is what it looks like. This is, you got to make decisions based off more than, than Sunday score. I mean, the Eagles could pick as high as eight if they lose. And if they win, I think they could. I don't think eight. I think that's a little high, Elliot. I had him like the highest thing goes ten. All right, I saw uh, another beat reporter tweet this morning. It could be eight, but I mean, whatever. I mean, but, but my point is, winning certainly isn't going to help you. I mean, so no matter how high you could get, you're not going to get that high by by winning. So I think you go out there, and obviously you don't throw the game. I mean, but you, you know, you play Denzel Rice. You play Mar- when you put Marcus Smith out, which that no, could- no, we'll do that. Oh, if you want to lose, yeah. Yeah, I, I think they should want to lose. I think they should play the young guys to see. And all, honestly, that helps you more if you're Chip the GM, if you're Chip the head coach. You see, all right, let's see what we have in Denzel Rice. Let's see if we give Marcus Smith 80 snaps in a game, what happens. Oh, if he makes a tackle. Yeah, I mean, but my, I think that's how you approach Sunday. You don't approach Sunday by having Riley Cooper win you a game. That doesn't help you. No, it doesn't really do anything. The long term for the short term. Mark, how would you play? Yeah, I, I would listen. I'm. I agree that I, I know people don't like you. I'm not a tank guy. I'm not a lose. Go out. I, I think. I think that just gives puts. A, that's just a bad way to to do anything. You, you always, if you're playing the game, if you're keeping score, you try to win. But there's nothing wrong, that, and that's how I wrote my um, piece Monday morning on the on the players I want to see play. You could try to win with your young guys. I mean the. The best thing, to, or however you, however you want to look at best worst, if you play Denzel Rice and he get and he picks off Eli twice, 
you say, holy cow, maybe we got something in Denzel Rice. Or you play Stephen Means, and he gets a sack. You say, hey, maybe Stephen Means is the guy we we, we got to look at next year. If you start Barrett Jones at right guard ahead of Matt Tobin, and he does a pretty good job against the Giants front line, you say next year, Barrett Jones is the guy that we have to look at, and at least he can compete for the right guard spot next year. So you can still win with playing other guys. I mean, like like Elliot said, we're not, nothing against, you know, whether it's Riley Cooper, whether it's, like Brent Sellers could not be on the field next week. I mean, I, right, I, right. And I'd put him down and, and let, let Trey Burton get a lot of snaps at tight end because guess what? There's a 50, there's probably 50-50 or better chance Brent Sellers not on the team next year. So is Trey Burton good enough to be my, my number two tight end? If he isn't, I got to go get I got to get another backup tight end somewhere. Then, and if, if he's only going to be a three, but if I play him a lot against the Giants and he shows me a little something, okay, well I'm okay at tight end. I got Hurts and I got Burton. You know, whatever. Play those young guys. You could still win the game. Those guys. have confidence that guys that you kept on the team and are paying, you know, an NFL salary every week can play in an NFL game. Right. There's value to it. There's value to to playing those guys and seeing what they have, putting it on film. And going into the offseason. One game to go. You guys will be up at MetLife. It is a meaningless game, though I guess it could precede a lot of change, obviously for the Giants and, and maybe That's the thing, too. We all say this about the Eagles. You know, they should they can move up in the draft, blah, blah, blah. They should see young guys. Oh, I guess you're gonna do have have you done the Giants podcast yet, Jeff? Not yet. We're gonna do that tomorrow when those I guys mean, uh, when they get back from Minnesota. We're recording oh, right. this on a Monday, they'll be coming back today. You could I mean I'm sure that's the same question you're gonna hit. I mean right. are the Giants gonna play? Why should Eli play in that game? Ryan Nassib is a guy that's been in our system how many years now? He's never he's never started a game because Eli never gets hurt or anything. Why not start Ryan Nassib and see and see if he's any good? Oh, it's a fair question. It is. I mean, I, I my guess would be Tom's going to play it straight because he wants to go out and they want to try to win one more for Tom. But your your logic isn't you know it's not off, Mark. No, when the Eagles saying. when the Eagles trot out Sam Bradford next week, we'll know they're going for the loss. We'll be like, all right, Chip gets it. Twenty four, thirty seven, and one. We're going. We're doing yeah. what he does best. <laughs> he's got the worst record of any quarterback on the, on the team. Yeah, yeah, he does. And speaking of quarterbacks, speaking, of, I, I got to say this. I got to say it because someone asked me about it. Speaking of quarterbacks' records, and pe- people ask me where did it, where did this season all go wrong? Might want to look back to the day they cut a man named Tim Tebow. Oh man, <laughs> they cut a winner, Mark. And they haven't won since. They were pretty good in preseason when Tebow was on the roster. That's all. I'm going all right, to say. How about this? J- just for fun, and yeah. I know all right. <laughs> if Tim Tebow starts off fifteen games, <clears throat> right? What's right. their record? Fourteen to one. They would. They'd be 14, still five, four and eleven. Four and eleven. Four Which isn't that much of a difference. No, <laughs> I think fourteen and one with the loss on Thanksgiving because Tim was too busy praying that day. <laughs> Tim was giving thanks. All right, guys, this was a fun one. We'll be back next week after Week Seventeen, after whatever happens against the Giants, and we'll kind of look forward into the offseason. I'm sure a lot of changes are going to come for the Eagles here, so it'll be a big picture podcast. Next week for Elliot Shore Parks, for Mark Echo, I'm Joe Giglio. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes and on Stitcher to the No Huddle Show and follow the show on Twitter at the No Huddle Show right here on NJ.com. <laughs>